the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tired of the negative news and flash over substance? It's time for Today with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and Ph.D. with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamlined, news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good Christmas Eve, and welcome to Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick, and my co-host Larry Dersham and I are just so blessed to spend a little bit of time with you on Christmas Eve. It is, how did we get here so fast? I, I feel know. like we were celebrating Christmas Eve last year and here we are at the end of 2022. My goodness, time flies. But we're very happy for those of you spending a bit of time with us. Um, we have a, a special guest with us tonight that's a repeat guest. And um, it's always a blessing to get guests that are also available to to share their wisdom with us on special holidays. So Larry, who do we have on the line today? A show favorite. Dick Morris, former advisor to President Bill Clinton and President Donald Trump and author of the new book, The Return, Trump's Big 2024 Comeback. He's back with us today. Thank you for joining the show today, Dick. Well, Merry Christmas, and I have a Christmas present for everybody. It's the most expensive and rare present that I could find. It's called The Truth. Oh, yeah. Hey, Amen to that. Priceless. The truth is priceless. <laughs> You know, Dick, yeah. every time you come on, I always, I don't know if I asked you this or not. Okay, so you are a former advisor to President Bill Clinton and President Donald Trump. When you hear the word advisor, I always wonder, do the do these presidents take your advice? Yeah, well, uh, yes, they did. Uh, <laughs> in the Clinton campaign, uh, Clinton and I had worked together for 20 years in Arkansas, uh, where uh, I helped him get elected and reelected and all of that. And then after he lost Congress in 1994, he hired me to come back in to get him reelected in 96. And uh, I advised him to move away from the left-wing policies he pursued and to reform welfare to make people work and to balance the budget and to do all kinds of stuff. And he followed the advice very closely. And uh, he was reelected. That's the advice was fell under the heading of the name triangulation that I called it. It said basically take the best of the left and the right and combine them uh, at a place above both of them. And uh, what about President? Well. What about President Trump? Did he take your advice? You were advisor uh, well, to him as well. Yeah, a lot of times he did. Uh, I particularly was involved with him in uh, first in standing in opposing uh, Antifa and exposing the Black Lives Matter movement and saying that this extreme uh, would drive not only mainstream American voters, but Latino voters into his arms, that Latinos would be people who came from countries where they'd seen this descent into socialism, and they were determined to stop it from happening here. And they knew that if it happened here, there was no place they could flee to. 
And uh, that strategy was essential to our making gigantic gains in the Hispanic vote. Well, uh, probably, at least in part, due to the mixed results of the midterm elections this past November, there's a lot of infighting going on right now within the Republican Party. Do you think Rana Arona McDaniel will be replaced by someone like Harmeet Dillon as the Republican National Committee chairperson? If so, well, I why? Just, I just sent out a video endorsing Dillon. Uh, the the fundamental reason the Republicans were defeated in the contest that they lost in 2010, including the Georgia runoff, is that they refused to tell their people to vote early or to vote by mail. They said, just vote the way you usually do. And the Democrats understood that they could pile up huge leads of early voting before the polls even opened and that they could get a lot of votes of people who were too lazy and indolent to go out and physically vote by voting by mail. Uh, everybody understands voting, doing it by mail is easier than going out. And uh, the Republicans absolutely refused to do that. Rona McDaniel did not sound the alarm on this. And I think that was malpractice on her part. I wrote a book called The Return, Trump's Big 2024 Comeback. And the whole first section says that unless Republicans learn to vote the way Democrats do, that is to vote by mail, uh, to vote absentee, and to vote early, they're going to lose election after election. Because when you wait for election day, uh, things go wrong, the kids get sick, something happens, or more likely, the, there are so many people voting election day, because turnouts up by 30%, that the lines are insufferable. They go on for hours. And uh, the Democrats facilitate that by having voting machines break down and printers run out of ink and stuff and tabulators jam. And they do that because they know there are no Democrats waiting online. They've already voted. Those folks out there waiting online are all Republicans. If the line stretches to two hours or three hours, they don't care. In fact, they're happy with it. And uh, we had 5,000 voters at least in Arizona who signed in to vote and never voted uh, because the lines were too long. And uh, Republicans just did not get with it. And it was on, for example, Herschel Walker went into the race in Georgia on election day when it started. He was a quarter of a million votes behind. And Dr. Oz in, uh, in Pennsylvania was 600,000 votes behind the day, the minute the polls opened. And there's no reason for that. And McDaniel should have communicated with the Republican voters the importance of changing their traditional voting habits. You know, um, Dick, one interesting thing you talk about voting and your book talks about Trump in 2024. Um, who do you think Trump's running mate's going to be? What did you say? What do you, who do you think Trump would choose as a running mate in 2024? Oh, I don't know. I don't really much care. Uh, <laughs> I think that the, yeah. I think Wouldn't that, the, that be important to have somebody? Okay, so so do you, given that you were his advisor, um, many people said that Mike Pence was a very good counterpart, sort of a, a softening agent, if you will, um, yeah. to his candidacy. 
Do you think in 2024 he would be wise to choose a similar demeanor or persona? Or have times changed to such an extent that we would expect he would want another firebrand to join him on the ticket? Yeah, Uh, I I don't know, Wendy, and and I don't think it's that important. Uh, There there is a development that's gone on in the last couple of days that I'd love to talk about that I do think is earth-shaking, which is that many people who have said that the election of 2020 was stolen are focusing on issues like were there illegitimate ballots cast, did uh, they admit people to vote who weren't citizens and stuff like that. But with the Twitter files that have been released lately, we find something of an entirely different order of magnitude. And President Trump spoke about that uh, on uh, December 16th when he issued a video that said that it is clear that the fundamental facts that would have changed the whole election result, that Hunter Biden laptop proved that the, that the president and his son were on the payroll of the Chinese Communist Party in the weeks before the election, and, and the would have come out the two weeks before the election, was suppressed by the FBI and by Twitter and through them with the mainstream media. The FBI got 50 uh, national security experts to say that this was Russian disinformation. And it's now been absolutely proven that it was not. And this amounts to an interference in the election by the FBI and by the Department of Justice that is not only unprecedented, it's absolutely harrowing because because it, it means that there was a conspiracy at the highest levels of government to fix the election, not to influence it legitimately, but to make sure that the American people did not know the information that they had to know. And I just think that that puts this whole election and puts this whole administration into a different perspective. Oh, I, th- I agree with you, Dick, 100 percent. Do you think with the new Congress coming in, the Republicans will be in charge uh, not by a huge margin, but they will be, that maybe we'll be able to launch investigations and hopefully correct this? I mean, it, this yeah. is mind-boggling, the, the degree of collusion between our government agencies, big media, and the, the left, really. It's, it's so frightening. I just hope we can get it under control. Do you think our Congress can help? Yes, I do. Uh, I think there are many areas in which the Congress, which the Republicans will be impotent because they've uh, agreed to budget and taxation for the next year already and passing it in the lame duck session. But I do think that their power to investigate and to legislate uh, will be fully there. And I think we are going to be totally shocked, completely blown away by the testimony that's going to come out about the extent to which the FBI and the Democratic Party became interchangeable. Uh, I wrote a book called Rogue Spooks that came out in 2017, uh, just at the beginning of the uh, Russia, Russia, Russia scandal. And I said that this was all phony. And I said that what happened was that when Obama took office, the first thing he did was to change the FBI and change the CIA so that they became arms of the left wing of the Democratic Party. He put Brennan, who was a crazy leftist, and Clapper, who at one point was a communist, in charge of the FBI and the CIA. And they cleaned house. They got rid of everybody who was a conservative. 
and they set up the FBI as the arm of the government of the Democratic Party. I hate to tell you, I hate to tell you, we're at the end of the show, and we're going to have to leave it. I know. I would let Larry. Let's make a note of this question, everybody. I would love to hear the the end of this. Thank you so much for joining us. And Merry Christmas to everyone. But we have another half of the show left, so more to come. We're going to take a short commercial break, but please don't touch that dial, folks. We have another amazing segment when we return. This is Today with Dr. Wendy. We will be back in a class. News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy. I am Wendy Patrick, and we are so excited to have you with us on Christmas Eve. So we thought we would spice it up just a little bit. And uh, my co-host, Larry Dershom, my goodness, he can find things on the Internet nobody else can find. He has compiled a list of the top 10 American Christmas traditions. And we're going to tell you about what we may not get at the whole list, but we'll probably talk about our favorites. But I guess we'll start with the first one that you obviously know about if you are a hallmark binge watcher like many of us are and that's picking out a christmas tree now i know what you're thinking yeah that means going out to the garage and dragging out the tinfoil tree we put up last year no not everyone does that many people really take pride in walking through the aromatic aisles and looking for the perfect tree and unlike the hallmark movie where the love interests always end up wanting the same tree in reality, it's usually about what tree your kids like the best, right, Larry? Oh, it is. And uh, I haven't actually looked this year because we have an artificial tree, but uh, I understand the prices are way, way up compared to, you know, a couple years ago. But it's a sure a fun tradition. And you see people driving home uh, with these Christmas trees uh, tied or tethered to their, the roof of their car. It's kind of funny to watch. You know, I remember seeing that so much more growing up in the blank. I won't tell you what era that was, but I know you were there. And, you know, we don't see that enough anymore. You know, that was so nice to actually see people had gone to a lot, picked a tree, um, but taking it down is always uh, something difficult too. You know, I always joke, uh, I know I live in a law enforcement family when my sister talks about hog tying the Christmas tree (laughs) to get that thing together to haul it back out of the house. It is really an endeavor. And sadly, I think that's why a lot of people Um, do what our number two selection is, simply watch a tree lighting ceremony. Larry, I understand this dates all the way back to 1923. Yeah, I'm sure it does. It was President Calvin Coolidge. He held the first national tree lighting ceremony. And uh, it's just continued from that. And I think uh, this weekend we're going to the, uh, you know, we're broadcasting from Southern California at the USS Midway is having a special event uh, where all these boats are going to be parading on the San Diego Bay uh, with the lights. So it's kind of like that, too. It's just part of the tradition. But, yeah, the Christmas you know, it, lighting ceremony. It saves your electric bill to go and watch somebody else light their tree. It does. However, 
Number three still remains decorate your house and yard with Christmas lights. I mean, remember the, the Chevy Chase Christmas where, oh gosh, what an ostentatious display. Well, nobody can afford to do that nowadays. Yet, as I drive around at night looking for lights, they're everywhere. People are still doing this. Oh, they are. Yeah. And I can remember a story when I was growing up. I mean, I felt really bad that uh, my parents, you know, we we didn't put the Christmas lights up in time. So on Christmas Eve, I'm out there uh, stringing them up along the uh, the edge of the, the, the roof line of the house. And I remember a neighbor... Uh, girl that lived across the street said she saw me doing that and she she was like crying (laughs) i'm not too sure what to make of that but maybe that's a good segue into number four the secret santa okay this is a holiday gift exchange game now i know how we do it now you know but however when it originated it was uh involved leaving a present outside someone's house knocking the door and running away so i guess we call that doorbell ditching nowadays but that sounds like stalking behavior to me, or is it just my profession sneaking out when I hear about somebody leaving gifts for strangers? Well, I think it's a cool tradition. I don't know if I've ever <laughs> participated in it, but I know our church that we went to, um, they would like get bicycles and they would leave it at a door from somebody that's maybe not doing well economically. They would ring the doorbell or knock on the door and run away. And I, I always thought it. that was cool. Very cool tradition. I just love it. I love it. You know, um, I'm being facetious. I just think giving gifts, even to, especially anonymously, is just phenomenal. And I'm so glad there are so many uh, worthy causes that we can donate to that do that. So I'm going to skip over number five, build a gingerbread house, because I know that mo- everybody loves doing that. And we see these big displays at the malls and everywhere else. And everybody wants to know, when are we going to break that thing down so we can eat it? But speaking of eating a Christmas decoration, let's go to number six, countdown to Christmas with an advent calendar. Now, here is the tricky thing about an advent calendar. An advent calendar is really a challenge in, uh, let, let's just call it delayed gratification. Because what is an advent calendar? It's those four weeks preceding uh, Christmas Day. It's a, traditionally a time to prepare for baptism. But what is it as a practical matter? 24 pictures on a paper piece modified to include doors. The calendars have evolved to chocolate-filled boxes, opening a door for a little piece of chocolate each day, I don't know about you, Larry, but if we had one of these in my house, we would go through the whole advent calendar the first day. I know. Yeah, same here. (laughs) Same here. I agree. Uh, Yeah, we've never had one, but I think it's a very cool tradition. I might try that one. Well, number seven is a sign of the times. It's mailing holiday cards. And I remember growing up, and if there's any of our contemporaries listening online, remember what we did growing up? Let's just say whether you grew up in the 70s, 80s, or even 90s. You actually got physical mail. I mean, I still get bills. I guess that counts. But you got Christmas cards in the mail. So it wasn't always a bummer to go to the mailbox. And we used to open them and we would display them on the mantle of the fireplace. Remember those days, Larry? Oh, 100% I do. And I just mailed a couple of Christmas cards today. And a lot of times, is this ever happened? You'll get some Christmas cards that, oh, no, I should have sent him or her a Christmas card. And so we uh, rush out and get a Christmas card and send them back. And then a lot of people take family pictures. My brother, my older brother is better at that than I. We don't usually do that. I think it's a wonderful tradition. You can kind of catch up with folks. And you've got an adorable family. That would be one that you would really benefit from. That's a great idea. Nowadays, I feel like people just use one of these, you know, uh, blast emails. Everybody gets the same interactive message. Nobody looks at it. So it is true when you actually get a physical Christmas card that's handwritten, that's really showing some class. I really take that into consideration. I just opened one yesterday, and there it is proudly displayed on the mantle along with the other 
two. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people don't do this anymore. So number eight is I have not like completely baffling. I get it. But I wouldn't think this would be the only movie listed. And that is the classic American Christmas movie, Watching Home Alone. That would be what I might think would be the number one Christmas movie. But Larry, I understand you're a big fan of Home Alone. Oh, it's a, I've seen it maybe two or three times. Yeah, it's, it's a funny movie. It's just fun to watch. It, uh, it's a feel-good movie. It's, it's really good. And if you haven't seen it, folks, you, you should watch it on Netflix or whatever streaming service you have. It's a really good I am one. sure you can get that on YouTube. No need to pay for, any, uh, pay for any streaming services for something like Home Alone if you, can, if you can live with the commercials. So number nine, Hanging the Christmas Pickle. Larry, I think I'll let you explain this one. Well, I, I've never heard of it, actually, but um, I guess some people started in Germany and they'll hang a pickle out. And a lot of times now, I understand in America, they'll have a, a, a decoration that's not really a pickle, but it will be in the shape of a pickle. And they just hang that as a Christmas tree ornament. Don't fully understand that. I, our, my family's never done it. I just found out about it through this list. Well, the game apparently is which child in the household can find the pickle first? And whatever child finds it first usually means getting an extra present or being the first one to open a Christmas gift in the mornings for those of the for those families that actually do it on Christmas morning instead of Christmas Eve. So I think that's pretty interesting. And you know, you talk about ornaments. I was at Hobby Lobby last night and they really just what a selection of ornaments. But had I seen this list, I would have seen if they had a pickle. That's very interesting. And by the way, that comes to us from overseas. That's apparently something that originated in Germany. Um, go figure. Uh, such such great food and, and and all the stuff they have over there, which I know yeah. includes the pickles on the wonderful sandwiches. Number 10, gosh, everybody loves this. This is the Yule Logs, which have long been a part of Europe and the UK's holidays, but really have become a modern necessity when you're celebrating Christmas in America. Larry, when did we start this nostalgic footage of a burning Yule Log? I think it started in 1966, uh, footage of a burning log. Somebody figured out how to loop it, and now people just bring it up on TV. Um, you just watch it all day long. It has the crackling sound, and it's really cool. Hopefully you're not watching it all day long. Hopefully you're doing other things, including, Larry, another most important top ten list that you are going to kick us off with. Right, yeah. Uh, we just discussed the top 10 Christmas traditions in the United States. Now, briefly, I would like to talk about another top 10 list. And uh, this is n none other than the Ten Commandments. Uh, when I was in college, not law school, uh, the, I had Business uh, 101, and the professor there, uh, Professor, I won't say his name, but he's from Europe, he says, do you know that all the civil codes in the Western civilization were based on the Ten Commandments? And I thought, oh boy, that's really cool. That's very important. So it's in all of our criminal courts uh, codes. So we were in a church and our, our pastor, uh, Bill, I'll just call, I won't use his last name, Pastor Bill taught us, if you hold up your right, both of your hands, with your palms facing towards you. Now don't try this if you're driving, folks, and you're because we're going to post this on our on our podcast. But in Hebrew, you count from uh, right to left. In English, we are in America, we, we read from left to right. But in Hebrew, you read from right to left. So looking at your right thumb, thou shall not put any other gods before me. If you hold up your thumb in front of your eyes, you can't see anything because your thumb is in the way. Thou shall put no other gods before me. 
commandment too. Thou shall not build nor worship false idols. So using your right hand, hold up your index finger by itself. It's like an eye shaped in the shape of an eye. So thou shall not build nor worship false idols. Uh, number three, the, the third commandment, thou shall not take thy Lord's name in vain. And again, if you take your middle finger of your right hand and you fold up your other fingers, it, uh, it has a certain, um, it, it means something. Uh, thou shalt uh, remember the Sabbath day to, to keep it holy. So you count from left to right on your fingers, and that's the seventh day. Thou shalt honor thy father and mother uh, so your days will be long. Well, your uh, little finger on your right hand is very short, and so you will have your days long if you honor your father and mother. They won't be short. Thou shalt not commit murder. So you take your left hand. Now we're going from right to left, and if you jab it, it's like... Uh, like you're stabbing something, thou shalt not commit adultery. That is your ring finger. That's a good remembrance there. Thou shalt not steal. That should take your middle finger and your thumb, and it's like a pincher, like you're stealing from pickpocketing people. And then your uh, thou shalt not lie. If you take your index finger and your thumb on your left hand, it's like the shape of an L. Thou shalt not lie. And number ten, thou shalt not covet. So you take your middle finger and your thumb, and in the shape of a C, thou shalt not covet. And that covers the uh, that covers everything. Well, that's the most important top 10 list that we could possibly remember the 10 commandments and with that we want to bid everyone a a lovely christmas eve and a wonderful christmas blessing tomorrow thank you so much for joining us tonight have a wonderful safe holiday please join us next week for more today with dr wendy headlines with the silver lining have a great week and god bless you Thank you for joining us for Today with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.